us at the millennial generation, we 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 are literally the get it out the mud generation. Cause we see we see the baby boomers like, yeah, I'm in the house, I'm in the house with mom, and she's like, yeah, all right, you know, go get a job. And I'm like, well, dang, I can't even get the new J's. I see you working every day, but we ain't got no money. <laughs> we ain't got nothing. <laughs> so I understand what you're saying, but that don't seem like that work either. Yeah. You got on your keys. You got on your keys. Everything you want on top of everything you need Just got on your keys Nobody could take this Built it from ground up and nobody could break this I'm making real moves When I see it, I want it, I get it Let's build an empire, baby, I know that you with it Can't nobody stop this They can only watch this It's time to talk life balance, love and marriage All the trending topics, no off days Come up the hard way Never no shortcuts, I took the long way Gotta leave treasure for my kids, kids pleasure Every loss been a lesson and an unexpected blessing Plenty see Showing up, small money growing up, accomplishing my goals, champagne bottle pouring up, name on everything, I'm signing the dotted line, money been working for me, I'm kicking back on recline, I own it just like the moment, everything I became, my hustle could take the blame, to let them find my name, gotta walk through the rain, gotta go through the pain, you gotta soak up the game, create your own lane, switch gears, never change, level up and gain, you can have everything, long as you do one thing, you just gotta on your keys. What's up, you guys? We're so excited to be back here again, bring you another podcast. I'm your host, Meek, and we have my co-host right here. Jay Goday, a.k.a. Mr. On Your Keys, y'all, a.k.a. the Monopoly Boss. What's good? What's good, y'all? What's up? Well, (laughs) hey, we got a very, 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 very special guest here today, y'all, and we about to really, really drop some jams, so I hope y'all take tune in. We got my man, Mr. Jay Daniels, the CEO of the East Baton Rouge Paris Housing Authority. What's good, Jay? Hey, man, I'm, I'm blessed and, and highly favored, man. Appreciate the invite. Thank yes. y'all for inviting me, <laughs> Most man. definitely, yeah. most Thank definitely, Thank you for man. coming on. We know you're a busy man doing some great, great, great things in the community. So I, I appreciate, really appreciate that. that. Humble, humble to hear that. I appreciate that. Definitely, <laughs> man. So, y'all, Jay, Jay is what I would call, like, the man. Oh, like for real. You put too much pressure on me, man. <laughs> hey. Too much pressure, man. Hey, and I'm gonna tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't say that often. You know, I, I, I don't use that lightly. But he is definitely somebody that I look to that is um, inspirational. Uh, somebody that I, I look up to. Um, somebody that I, I, I see behaviors and and habits that I would like to pattern around. So what I say that I'm, I'm honored to introduce him. I'm honored for him to be here talking with us today because around a subject matter that's that we all very passionate about. You know, so I mean, Jay is a father, a husband, a yes. leader. Graduated from Morehouse College. It is <laughs> the <laughs> house. Y'all know, the they, house. y'all know they they they, they the take house. the pride on that for real. <laughs> Degree in finance, <laughs> and he was. I don't want to get this wrong. I, you worked on Wall Street. No, um, uh, interned on Wall Street. I, One I, of those. I, I interned. Yeah, in so New York. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so so Jay, you know, just just to kind of um, bring y'all. To get y'all some color around this. So I'll go in Jay's office, and this was before I had any idea of, like, what's how, how to invest in stocks or what they meant or whatever. But, you know, on his TV in his office, it would always be on on, on a stock channel, on on, uh, on C, uh, CS, CNBC. It would always be on that channel. And he would be very quiet about it, but I was like, man, this dude knows more than what he's leading on. Like... <laughs> It's like he he it's it's so it's a reason why this 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 stays on the channel. Yeah. So it brings me to my point, Jay. Like you know, coming from more, going to Morehouse and then interning on Wall Street, how did you get 
into the affordable housing sector and with 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 uh, housing authority? What what brought you to that point? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it goes back to my deep roots growing up in Beaumont, Texas. Mm. You know, my dad was an electrician by trade. Okay. But he had his own company called Daniels Electric, right? And he mm. wired everybody's house, yeah. you know, in <laughs> Beaumont because he was the only black licensed electrician in Beaumont. Wow. So he did everybody's house. So I right. can say I've been in practically everybody's house, right, in, in, in Beaumont. And so he taught me how to read construction plans mm -hmm. when I was four years old, when he was bidding mm. out jobs, sat me on his lap and pulled out these huge set of plans and taught me architecture, which is how I fell in love with architecture. Wow. Right? And so if, if you look at some of the pictures that I that I drew back when I was in kindergarten, in the first grade, second grade, they were all front elevations of houses. Wow. Because that was part of my passion, because I was, again, <laughs> that's where peer group is very is very yeah. crucial, right? Right. Because I was around my dad. My dad's peer group were the general contractors, the painters, the concrete guys, the architects, right? They were all his friends, and mm -hmm. I was always on the construction site. So I fell in love with that industry that way. And so from the time when my dad taught me how to read construction plans, mm. I always wanted to be an architect, mm. right? And so um, went through high school. My dad's friends was my teacher um, in architecture. And so um, I was going to Morehouse on a 3-2 program. Mm. You do three years at Morehouse, get your math degree, mm -hmm. do two years, get your, get your architecture degree. And so I was doing an internship my freshman year, um, and one of the guys – came over and said, hey, hey, hey. He's like, come over here. It's like, all right, what's going on? He's like, you really want to be an architect? I was like, yeah, absolutely, man, since I was since a little boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he was like, he was like, don't. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, man, I was, I was hoping for some more yeah, sage advice, yeah. right? Right, and He right. said, don't. I was like, man, please explain why. So then he was like, look, man, he said, unless, you know, you own your own architectural firm, man, you're going to be stuck here designing bathrooms just like I am. And wow. the guy was like in his 40s or 50s, right, and completely disgruntled, wow. you know, and so he just t <laughs> totally turned me away from the industry, right? So, as, so I said, okay, you know, dive in, tell me right. why. He was like, if you are a developer, if you are a developer, mm -hmm. you own the process. Mm. You hire guys like me. You hire the architect. You know, you hire all the design guys. You know, you go out and get the financing. You say you are the quarterback. Yeah. Mm. So wow. at that point, I went back. I changed my major from architecture and changed it to finance. Okay. And so that's how I got my finance degree from Morehouse. And mm. at that point, I started interning, you know, with all the different, you know, firms. You but know, is that because development is all about the finances? Finance is everything, <laughs> right? That was, I, was about to, yeah. I, was about to, I was about to get to that. Yeah. Finance is everything. You yeah. have to be able to know the mm -hmm. numbers behind it, right? Yeah. You have to be able to underwrite a deal yeah. to be able to look at a site mm -hmm. and run a quick and dirty, you know, you know, right. set of set right. of numbers in your head. It's like this may be a great deal, and so and so he said you have to understand those numbers, hmm. and so I, I was able to su surround myself with, with companies and individuals that were supportive of my dream all throughout school during various internships that taught me that skill set. And, and, that's, and that's interesting because most, most professionals and even, even most developers even uh, get, into the, get into the business and don't understand that the development, uh, de real estate development starts with the numbers. Yeah. You know, we'll come up with this beautiful concept, you know, real, mm -hmm. real pretty image and, and just not even really knowing that that's a fraction of what the actual development yeah. is. Yeah. You know, so the fact that that's foundational to go even to, to you know, the, uh, to belabor our, our um, conversation, the fact that you had a finance degree, you, you changed your, your major to a finance degree, 
because you want to go into real estate development. Mm -hmm. Most minorities don't do that. Yeah. Most black business owners don't think from that perspective, which will bring to the point of blacks in real estate development. What is what is your what is your 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 litmus test of 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 ec of equity when it comes to blacks in the real estate development industry? Well, obviously, just as an industry, we are completely underrepresented. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the Urban Land Institute uh, magazine, mm -hmm. monthly magazine, yeah. and you yeah. and, and and attempt to find people of color yeah. in there. You know, out of the thousands of people <laughs> right. that are highlighted, yeah. you know, we are right, yes. right. We are completely <laughs> yeah. underrepresented, mm -hmm. and 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 I think, um, you know, some people say, you know, there are some prejudices involved. Mm -hmm. In, in how you bring up the next generation of developers mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. professionals. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that in most cases, um, most people who are in those positions of power, who are running those development companies and other financial companies, they are hiring people that look like them, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's a level of comfort, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and so until, like that guy said, yeah, unless you're owning your own, <laughs> right, if, if, if you own your own shop, then you have the ability, you know, yeah. I, you know I grew up in, you know, my professional career was in Atlanta yeah. to where we saw Egbert Perry, mm -hmm. right? And you saw Noel Khalil mm -hmm. with, inter with, with mm -hmm. Columbia Residential, Egbert with Integral, all grow out of the H.J. Russell mm -hmm. shop, right? Yep. H.J. Okay. Russell was one of the largest black developers, okay. you know, in, okay. in, in, in Atlanta and general contractor. And it goes back to, if you look at it, there's a, there's a photo, um, if you go back to the Civil Rights Archives, mm -hmm. there's a photo with Dr. King, he's sitting on the couch with Robert David Abernathy, um, Andy Young, mm -hmm. Andrew Young, and H.J. Russell. And they're sitting in H.J. Russell's living room, mm. right? And they're discussing civil rights. Because if you talk to those guys, and again, this is one thing, the fabulous thing about living in Atlanta, right, is the fact that these icons were still walking amongst us, mm. right? I would go to the gas station, and I would see Andy Young pumping his gas and have a conversation with him, right? Yeah. And he was just so endearing you know, of sharing something. It's like, man, how did you navigate this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Philanthropy, right? right? Time, talent, and resources. Right. Yeah. right. And, and, and so the, the, the point I'm making is, if you talk to those guys and they talk about civil rights and their aim, one, they wanted the opportunity to be the best, right? And they realized that economically they could not be the best mm -hmm because the embedded systemic racism mm -hmm. that exists in the laws. Yep. And civil rights was the opportunity and the tool to open up the economy yeah. to everybody, right? And so that was their focus, yeah. you know, and they used civil rights as their tool. Yeah. And so you look at it, H.J. Uh, Russell was a significant backer and philanthropist mm -hmm. behind the civil rights movements as they were having these conversations yeah. inside of his living room. H.J. Russell went to critically acclaimed um, development and, and, and general contracting, and then he began to birth. He 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 he, he sold seeds. Mm -hmm. He birthed Egbert Perry. You mm -hmm. know, at the in his early twenties, he hired Egbert Perry to be his chief operating officer at the age of twenty-four, mm -hmm. right, to run his company. And he does it. He said, "The only thing that I don't, I, I, the only instruction is just don't run my company. Don't make us go broke." Right. Right. And so here it is. He's given yeah. the keys over to Egbert Perry at the age of 24, giving them opportunity, right. right? Same thing with Noel Khalil, Columbia Residential. If you look at some of the stuff that was done in New Orleans, post-Katrina, mm -hmm. you know, that was Noel Khalil, Columbia Residential, right? He, who also worked for H.J. Russell, who ran the home building yeah. section of, of H.J. Russell. So, so then it goes back to what? H.J. Russell hired people within his community, 
right? He gave them an opportunity to do something, and you look at both of those companies and everybody else. I mean, that's that's just two distinct right. stories, yeah. right? There are yeah. many more about people who were birthed out of that out of, out of, out of that man and out of that institution. Mm -hmm. And so, to my point, people give opportunity most of the time with the people they're surrounded by. Right. Yeah. And right. and we have to be more intentional about those efforts, right? Well, okay. So, I feel that, right? Right. <laughs> but I feel like in our community there's a trust factor. Because, you know, we can we can we can have the, you know, the the the, the, the philanthropy, you know, um we, we can want to do it, but then it's like, do I trust you enough to do this? Am I going to actually allow you to take my vision or my company and actually, like you said, don't, ru don't ruin my company, mm -hmm. but I'm going to let you run it. Yeah. But nowadays, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that, that, that that would happen. I don't. Well, I th so what I, what, I w what I would think, and, s and some would, would say that there's still a level of, of Jim Crow that exists in a form of, economics mm -hmm. when it comes to black economics because when we talk about real estate development you're talking about one of the one of the biggest industries that 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 is one of the biggest wealth uh, wealth tracks for for the individuals in the sector but the biggest barrier for people of color is access to capital and the barrier with access to capital is underwriting criteria mm -hmm. is your experience etc then there's an education gap. Go back to Jay with a finance degree. So, if I'm un if 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 I'm a white guy and I may not have a finance degree, but I grew up in a house where wealth was taught, I grew up in an environment where finances were taught. So now I'm going into my career, even though if I, my, my, I may not I may not even have a degree at all, but because I understand some le level of of money, then I can actually take this into this industry, opposed to my counterpart that may have all the experience or may have all of the knowledge, but we're not, but have not led with the numbers. There, there, there's a gap there, and I think the gap usually comes through the education component of economics and finance. That's that to, from from my from my knowledge and, and what I've and what I've grown to learn. That's another form of Jim Crow. You hit the nail on the head. It's education. Yeah. I mean, e education is the pathway out of poverty. Right. And so and so we have to be able to continually, you know, impress upon whoever the powers that be, even with our own community. It all starts with education. Right. Because if I know better, I can do better. Right. Exactly. If exactly. I know better, I can do better. And it starts with education. And then once you marry the education with exposure and then experience. Yes. Exactly. That's I mean, then you'll start seeing the outcomes in which our community ha has produced in the past. So Jay, let me ask you about um, affordable housing. Like, tell tell us exactly what is affordable housing. Uh, affordable housing is what everybody lives in, right? Right. Because whether you're a homeowner or whether you rent, we all live in something that we can afford, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Or we should be able to afford. Right. 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 And so and so 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 the real issue is the unaffordability. <laughs> that exists yes. in our communities, yes. right? Yes. And, and so just like you talk about education, Jay, you know, when that bank underwrites you, you know, he's going to make sure that, you know, that you're not paying more than 30% of your income towards your housing, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Well, there are, some, um, there, there are some families within our communities that are paying 50 and 60% of their income to housing. 
and that's unaffordable because what else do you have yeah. to pay after that? You still got child care. You know, I got, I have, you know, four kids, so yeah. so I know how expensive child care right. is, right? Especially right. the baby, yeah. two, 150 to 200 a week. Yes, you know, yes. you know, but but you're only making minimum wage, which means that something has to, you know, right. something's going to fall through the cracks. You don't have enough disposable income to have a quality of life in which a working person who works 40 hours out of week should be deserving of. There should be some dignity involved yeah. in life, right? A quality of life. And so and so when we talk about affordable housing, obviously, you know, people realize that unless there is a push from the public and private sector to address that, then, then you're not going to get some of the outcomes. And so back in 1986, uh, Ronald Reagan, a Republican administration, we all know Ronald Reagan, mm -hmm. he created the tax credit mm -hmm. program, right, in which incentivized the private sector to invest in affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And so all it is is it's, its ability to competitively um, secure equity mm -hmm. for deals, and in turn for that equity, you buy down the cost of a rent or for families, mm -hmm. right, because I gave you some equity, so, which means that your debt is lower. Yes. And because your debt is lower, you can lower your rents right. as well. Yes. And, that's, and that's tax credits in a mm -hmm. nutshell. And so in, in, in that particular space, we're obviously uh, underrepresented, and there's mm -hmm. a tier to it, right? You know, there are the lawyers, there are the developers, there are the finance people that are involved, and then ultimately when you get down to the people who are living in it, it's people who, who don't have the same opportunities mm -hmm. that we have, right, because, you know, they are – income constrained mm -hmm. you know they're in many cases they're poverty stricken mm -hmm. um, but but I think if you look at it going forward the opportunity is allowing those individuals to have a safe and quality place to live but marry that with opportunities that allow them to lead out of poverty mm. and that's what sometimes you see lacking yeah. in the execution of yeah. affordable housing which why you see such poor su such poor communities mm -hmm. just go down, continually go down, and which which is why Not a lot of people me, just okay. have <laughs> <laughs> they have a stigma about it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because someone has just created some type of sticks and bricks product and placed the people there. In many cases, they'll place it out in the middle of nowhere, yeah, right, without any access to to goods and services and education and recreation and jobs, and they're left there to be on their own devices, yeah, right, instead of being very intentional and in placing those communities in opportunity, in high opportunity areas that have all of those things that increases the quality of life. Yeah. So they do have a pathway out of poverty. Yeah. And so what has failed us on the affordable housing side, which is why we suffer from a perceptional mm -hmm. issue, mm -hmm. right, when we talk about affordable housing, is because in many cases it hasn't been done well. Mm. And so to your point, we as an organization and many other you know, well-intentioned individuals and companies, we take a different approach yeah. to how we implement affordable housing. It goes back to the people that I grew up around yes. in the industry when you talk about the Egbert Perrys and the yeah. Noel Khalils and all the other intentional developers that understood the quality of life issues behind affordable housing. Again, that's when you start to see the outcomes that are better for our community. And and I'm glad you said that, Jay, because I, I wanted to speak to that. One of the things that... Um, that what I was very impressed with was Jay's organization, they have a bell in their office, mm -hmm. you know, because in most cases you don't see um, housing, housing uh, authorities that develop a home ownership component. 
a lot of times the stigma, and this is something that I heard Jay talk about before, about the language of affordable housing, changing the vernacular of the way we talk about it, because that in turn changes the way that people represent themselves in that in that sector, correct. right? So Jay has a bell for the people that that live in affordable housing, our residents. When they are reach the level to they're able to purchase their home, they come and they ring the bell. So this is a transition out of affordable housing to home ownership. It's a temporary. It's, it's temporary. temporary assistance. It's temporary. Move and you that, up and out. And it brought, it brought me to a point when I was reading a story about about three generations of of, of ladies that grew up in an affo- affordable housing section uh, se- sector. The grandmother, the the the, um, the daughter, and mm-hmm. and then the the, the the granddaughter. So. But they never had. They they never knew any different. They yes. d- they didn't get an education component to say, well, there's a different side. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, this is this is comfortable for me. But there's a, another side to where you're not just living comfortable, but now you're generating wealth as well. That's right. So the vernacular to change, like, into your point to say, this is not. This wasn't meant to be permanent. That's right. It's meant for a to help you get to another level of your life. Yep. And then now you continue to grow from that from That's that right. from that point. So that was that was huge to me. You know, to be able to to be able to see, you know, seeing videos and be able to see these people coming and ringing these bells that they're 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 transitioning from this part of their life. Can't wait to see you on the other side when you're ringing that bell. Yeah. That's right. You know, and it brought to the question of so many people want to know, can I can I can I be on Section Eight and and build wealth? Yeah, yeah, and you can, and you can, and and so so our housing choice vouchers allows us to do just that. And so we we put out close to thirty to thirty two million dollars mm. annually within this within this area to our local landlords. We have about twelve hundred landlords that we partner with, and they help provide quality housing mm. for our families. And so when you look at the opportunity that's created out of that, there's a portion of that that as we identify, because then I tell you I tell you a specific strategy that we utilize. There are families that uh, we only contribute possibly a hundred dollars. Each okay. month, to their to their uh, to their to their subs- subsidizing or, or investing in, in, in their in their rent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means that at the end of the day, you really don't need us, right? 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 Yeah. right. Because because it's income tiered, mm-hmm. right? Right. It'll be different if we are if we are investing nine hundred dollars a month in your rent. Yeah. But right. if we're only investing a hundred dollars, then you really don't need us, right? Right. That, that, that's yeah. a dinner. So at that out. point, it's a mindset shift. It's a mindset yeah. shift, right? In which, in which I, in which you know, we instructed our team to go back, identify those families, and bring them in and have a conversation. Mm. And say, you know what, you really don't need us, and it's time. Yeah. Right. And it's time. It's like you know, you've, you've you've been on it for you know this amount of years. You can really, really, really create some wealth yeah. by yeah. transitioning into to home ownership. Well, yeah. how do I do that? And that's where the education component yes. comes in, right? Yeah. Well, let me show you how. Yeah. And we, we have great partners in the Louisiana Housing Corporation. Mm-hmm. Josh Hollins um, is yeah. a new executive director. Uh, we're excited about having him. He's yeah. expressed his continued support of what we're doing. Yeah, shout out and to Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Josh he has Hollins. a finance background. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. See? That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, y'all, 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 y'all hearing that. You know, this yeah. education component is real. Yeah. You know, and um, one, of the, one of the things that, uh, we, you know, we got this for a later show, but the education, mandating education, financial education in the school system, you know, is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it changes the demographic, the landscape of everything that we're talking about right now. Yeah. You know, but going back to philanthropy, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, me and I had a conversation a couple a couple weeks back. Like I, I literally had an epiphany thinking about Martin Luther King and Malcolm <laughs> X. And 
to think about our generation as millennials. Mm-hmm. We're a microwavable yeah. generation, right? Everything has to happen within a certain time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, I'm about to be on to the next thing. Yeah. Now, I'll go back to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X because the work that they did to change the laws of Jim Crow, to change, they were going to jail, they was getting beaten, they was getting spit on, it was the whole, the whole situation. Yeah. Sacrifice. Right. But they knew that the work that they were doing, potentially they weren't going to live to see it come to fruition. Yeah. So that, that in turn said, this ain't about me. Jay, Jay, it's funny you should say that. So the, um, the, the Fair Housing Act, was executed April 11th, mm-hmm. 1968. Oh, I was about to say 68. Dr. King <laughs> yeah. was assassinated yeah. April 4th, 1968. And LBJ, Linda Baines Johnson, used that as an opportunity to push that legislation through several days after Dr. King's mm. death. Wow. Because he recognized what this man has sacrificed, right? Gave his life, life. for the movement, yeah. right? And so to your point, all those individuals who played an integral component uh, in, into where we are today, right? right? We're only able to sit here right. because right. We're, si- we're standing on their shoulders, right? right. And, real talk. And it, yeah, like it's reality, real. right? Yeah. It's, it's reality. Yeah, right. It's reality. Yeah. And because, because of their sacrifices, days later, LBJ was able to pass the legislation yeah. several days after his death. To your point. Yeah. You know, so when I'm thinking yeah. about these conversations that we have, me and you have multiple conversations yeah. in and joy and frustration yeah. and just, you know, like, we, yeah. you know, we run it. And it came to me because it said, back to that word philanthropy, you know, you got to be okay with the work that we're doing today if we don't live to see it come to fruition. But yeah. we still got to do the work. That's right. You know, so, and, and, that, and that's a mindset shift, especially as for somebody like me in a millennial generation that's used to, that grew up in that, in that mindset of like, now nah, you you got to get it, and you got to and you got to f- f- finesse it in a way to where you make it sure that you're gonna benefit from whatever it is you're doing, yeah. Yeah. in some form or fashion. Yeah. So the mindset shift was so real because I'm like, what you with the things that you're that you're working on, the things that you're putting out there, you may not live to see it. That's right. And it, and it was a moment that I sat there and I said, but I'm all right with that. Yeah, we have to be. You gotta be right, because there was others that did it for us. Exactly. Right? We come from a, a lineage of survivors. Exactly. Right? A lineage of survivors. Yeah. And we, we, we can trace it all the way back, you know, across the pond. Because, because of their sacrifice, we can be here today. So, Jay, you know, a lot of our, li- a lot of our listeners, um, they span from business owners, um, investors, uh, just, you know, just people looking to get into certain types of passive income, yeah. you know, um, from all walks of life, right? And... I want I want you to identify like three keys that somebody that may be in affordable housing and maybe you know have uh, um, um, home vo- home inc- home vouchers and thinking about you know how can how can I do what they're talking about you know what what what's what's three three pivotal points to where where they are now how can they start generating wealth to utilize this temporary situ- situation and and move from that point to start getting on the track to to generate wealth I, I think it, it starts with changing your mindset. You know, you, you talked about the, the, the microwave mentality and <laughs> understanding sacrifice mm-hmm. because there are a lot of times, you know, we love material things as a people, right? Yeah, we do. And so sometimes you just have to be able to have the mindset and in, in many cases retrain yourself yeah. to say, you know what, I don't need that. Right. I got a closet full of clothes, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't need that right now. <laughs> yeah. But I can save that extra $100, you know, because at some point I want to put some money to the side so I can get that down payment. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so we have to change our mindset because um, I, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, when you're dealing with real estate, 
you're really putting yourself in a different position mm-hmm. yes. from a generational standpoint. Yeah. And that's what we really have to emphasize, yeah. you know, to, to our families who are seeking to build wealth. I mean, it is a way, yeah. you know, out of poverty, but they have to be taught that. Yeah, right. Ownership has to be doors. And yes. we have to show more <laughs> examples yes. of yes. that, which yes. is why you're on a website, well, which is why we show people, you know, you know, ringing that bell because yeah. it's like, who's, the, you know, how's this person get to ring the bell? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me show you how. Yeah. Right? Let me show you how. And, 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 and really understanding, to your point, it's really about breaking generational cycles mm-hmm. as well. And, and having them seeing a better life than what they already have. It's yeah. like, you know what? Your grandmother did the best she could. You know, she she probably wasn't given the best opportunity. You know, she, you know, she went to this pu- this underperforming public school. She possibly had to drop out to take care of y'all. I yep. mean, there are a whole bunch of social issues yep. that kind of underlie yeah. all mm-hmm. this. But grandma did the best for you, right? Yeah. Right. And so now, you know, the way you pay honor and respect to your grandmother is get to the next level. Yeah. And I want to show you how you can get to the next level. Yeah. So in, in, in I, I may sound like I'm being redundant over no, and don't. over and over no, again, but it's really education. Yes. Each one it has is. to teach one. It is. Each one has to teach one. It is. It's it's that that's yeah. that's spot on and it's funny you say that because I talk about generational shift a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and you mentioned, you know, we're talking about we can go back literally three generations that won't even span to 100 years. Mm-hmm. You know, um you know, I had my first kid at 14. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom is 69. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, I'm 34. So we're talking about my mom who went to school and to college in the 70s. I think the 70s. She went to Magnese where mm-hmm. when they were just allowing black people to come in there. Mm. And she was one of the few. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and and dealt with a whole. That's a tough environment, a, a, man. Yeah, yeah, a whole gamut yeah. of things. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah. But She's then, traumatized because of that. But then came from, yeah. a, came from a, a family of, of, uh, of six, five sisters, mm-hmm. a father that was in the military, gone most of the time, and a, 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 a mother that didn't have any skills, you know, just took care of, took care of the home, didn't have any opportunity. Mm-hmm. So guess what she taught her? Well, when you leave here, you need to go out to school, and you need to d- create some opportunity. Yeah. Get a career. Get a career. Yeah. yeah. So then in turn, my mom taught me, even though she was an entrepreneur, yeah. that's all I saw growing up, yeah. you, you don't need to be an entrepreneur. You need to go to school yeah. and get a job because it's safe, yeah. it's secure. And then us at the millennial generation, we 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 are literally the get it out the mud generation because <laughs> we see a, we see the baby boomers like yeah. I'm in the house I'm in the house with moms and she's like yeah all right you know go get a job but I'm like well dang I can't even get the new J's I see you working every day but we ain't got no money <laughs> we ain't got nothing <laughs> so. I understand what you're saying, but <sighs> that don't seem like that work either. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I heard my boy over here tell me I yeah. can do this fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm seeing something totally different. So we become the generation to where we get it out. We we really legit getting it out the mud, and we like, but we compensating for the things that we lack. Yeah, growing up. Yeah, you know. So it's like me and my sister had an extreme shoe fetish because mm-hmm. we couldn't never get them. Yeah. So at the time came to get them. Yeah. Went crazy. Didn't matter if you had the money or not. Yeah, you know, so it, it the the trajectory of of financial education and wealth. My first lesson on credit was, boy, if you get, if you get a credit card and you run it up, make sure you pay the minimum balance. Totally wrong. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it w- it wasn't it was it was wrong, but it wasn't wrong in the in the lesson because that was right. a lesson she knew. Right. You know what wow. I'm saying? So fast forward up until I go, I take these these uh these habits into my adult life. Mm-hmm. And then I marry a woman who came up from a totally different situation. Yeah. <laughs> Grew up in a frugal home. They saving money. Yep. So I, we get together and we just like <laughs> all in water. 
I'm spending what I make. She's trying to save it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we, we, I'm we, get it back. we may not get it again. <laughs> or or I'll or lost it. I can get it again. No. Look at God. That's called balance, though. <laughs> That's called balance, man. You know, good thing you married somebody like <laughs> just like you, right? Right? I know, probably right? would be having this conversation w- not on at this all. podcast. Not at all. Talking yeah. about wealth. Not at all. Yeah. That's you know, true, though. Balance. That's true. Yeah. So it's, it's that going back to the education piece is so critical. And to me, it's like it, 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 gets, fr- it gets frustrating because you like, these politicians, these legislators, they they with, with the with the swipe of a pen, can make a decision that can change Ooh, everything okay. yeah. that we're talking about. That can change the next twenty to thirty years. Yeah. That we're not gonna live to see. Well, we will. We will still be here, but they can change People the trajectory. Generational impact. Right. Generational, generational impact. Generational with the impact. with the with yeah. one decision, right? One decision. But that that if if you're growing up in a in a in an environment that was spanning over. 40, 50, 60 years, and you've never been taught one thing about money, mm-hmm. then what do you expect? Yeah. You expect poverty. Yeah. You expect abortion. Yeah. You expect blight. You expect prostitution. Mm-hmm. You, ex- you expect Drug, marginalization. Yeah. You expect yeah. drug addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Homelessness. Right. It's, yeah. never, it's never been taught. Yeah. One of, my, one of, my, one of my, my mentees, you know, call him one of my little young gunners, <laughs> taught, me, taught me something that even still to this day, it, it was it was it was it was it was a simplicity of words that he said mm. that was weird coming from an eighteen year old, and even with all of the the, the education that I did, the researches, I still didn't I still didn't look at it in that way. He said, "I'm practicing to tell myself when I want to buy something, if I can't buy it twice, then I don't need it." Mm. I said, "Wow, deep." Yeah, see, she they even know. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. Yeah. He said, if I can't buy it twice, then I don't need it. Because most households, like you said, most households can find an additional hundred to two hundred, mm-hmm. sometimes three hundred dollars. Sometimes fifty percent of what they're making, they can when find Easter and yeah. Christmas come in their in, yeah. <laughs> in, no, their, in, yeah. in their yeah. budget. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. only because their their financial habits yeah. that haven't taught them to delay gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's it's it's, 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 it's deep. Yeah, that's real. It's real. Yeah, that's real. It's real. Yeah. I remember. I I just before we wrap up, I you know, my mom, my mom and my dad were different, and so my mom was spend everything, spend everything, spend everything. But my dad was different, and it's so funny. The reason why I always say this, I make jokes about Easter and Christmas and all this kind of stuff because in my family, they would go broke to make sure that we had Easter dresses. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that Christmas was Christmas. I mean, mm. we, growing up, me and my sisters, we really had some great Christmases, yeah. you know. Um, until my, my parents had to file bankrupt because of my dad. So, it's just so funny to me to, to hear, like, us really talk about this stuff. Which, I, I mean, we know about this stuff. But it's like, to think about it, even in your family, mm-hmm. you know, like, it was so many generations. Because even now, my some of my aunts and my sisters, you know, carry the same things the same exact things you know and they know so sometimes even when you have the education when you know better you're supposed to do better but sometimes if you don't have that mindset shift it's just not gonna happen and it's a certain dynamic of education because you're right i have some very educated people in my family yeah and but it didn't change the 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 generational habit of Mm. of spending because it was a point to where 
we I had a very large paycheck and was still living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So people think that income means you won't have to because my mindset was, well, I just need to make more money. Right. But I make more money and then I get more debt. Spend, yeah. Or you spend yeah. more money. Yeah. Because yeah, the financial the financial component is not there to say, no, if you have five thousand dollars of debt and at one point you was only making six thousand dollars, then you increase to ten thousand. That don't mean increase your debt to seven thousand. Right. That mean keep your debt right there. Yeah. And continue to grow. That's right. You know, so but Again, we can talk about this for hours and hours. I want to ask Jay something. I want to <laughs> ask him two questions. Go ahead. Because okay? I don't know how much time we have left. Okay, so the first question is, being that, you know, you have a very extensive, you know, financial background, right? What is, like, one of the biggest things that you've learned or one of the keys that you've learned, you know, with having a financial background, even to, for you to be able to put into your personal life? So, so I would say um, partnership. Hmm. So I started my hmm. development firm right out of school. When okay. I graduated in 19, I, I bought my first pe- piece of property in 1997, right? Um, and up until that point, I had, uh, because of my internships, mm-hmm. right, that the education and experience, right, being exposed, <laughs> uh, I began to, to acquire significant land holdings in the um, periphery neighborhoods of downtown Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Okay. And, and I did so in very creative ways. The only downfall of that in the creation of all that wealth mm-hmm. is I was my only partner. Yeah. Right? Right. Me and the bank. So I just call yeah. it so so yeah. me and the bank was yeah. our only, well, only partner. I didn't have that's any a good other partner though. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's a good that's a good partner. Yeah. yeah. That's a good partner. That's a good partner. <laughs> right. And, and and majority of it I financed myself and mm-hmm. then, you know, the other third or fourth, you know, mm-hmm. was bank financing. But my point being when the unfortunate events of the 2008 recession hit, mm-hmm. you know, I was left holding the bag all by myself. Mm. And yeah. so, and so I, I, I lost a significant portion of my portfolio, you know, even though, and, and, and what I didn't lose was, was what, um, what was, um, not levered without any yeah, debt. So right. the stuff that I financed myself, right. but I, I think about, and, and, and that was a young man. I wouldn't say he was a young, I call him young. He was in the sixties. He said, mm-hmm. He said, man, where your partners at, man? He said, man, because, we, you know, when, when you lose all this, you're going to lose it. I mean, it's going to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, man, I'll be all right, man. Yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah. I'll be all right. But he was right, you yeah. know, because what I didn't realize is this was like when 2008 came around, that was his fourth recession. Wow. Right. He was old school. Oh, wow. Right. So the wisdom. It was yeah. the wisdom. He was giving you the cheat code. Was, yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. But, but yeah. by that time it was done. Right. It was, it was done. It was yeah. baked. Wow. It, it was yeah. baked. And it informed me in, in future investment decisions, you know, going forward after 2008. Mm. And, and, and so, to your point, you know, if, if, you know, if I would go back and tell my 1997 self, you know, what, was, mm-hmm. what, what would you do? I would say take on more partners. That way you share the risk and mm-hmm. you spread the risk. It's, it's a diversity um, um, mechanism and strategy when you make investments. And so you, you mentioned something earlier about trust and partnership. Yeah. Part of that was born out of not wanting to partner with anybody mm-hmm. because I didn't want to introduce the trust factor, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, man, if so it goes wrong, then you know I may be battling with him in court or he or she in court. Yeah. But 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 we have to take a different approach. Is let the lawyers yep. work out the risk in I a say document this all the time, Jay. I say <laughs> hey. this all you the know? time. But hey, yeah. it goes back to the point. It's the education, right? Education, <laughs> exposure. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they don't. They don't even have to talk to each other. They don't. 
Yeah. My attorney wants to call your attorney. Yeah. And we'll see each other on the golf course. That's it. That's it. I like that. That's it. For real. I don't know how to play We can golf, mitigate risk yeah. in documents and, and not introduce the personal aspects to things. Mm. Right? I just don't want to. This, this conversation. And it's uncomfortable so for some people, right? It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. You know? yeah. it is. It's uncomfortable yeah. for it some is. people. And, and again, it's, it's, it's such just to lean on it all, you know, um, so much because, again, we are, we are fighting against over 400 and something, almost 500 years of, of oppression, oh of gosh. shifting the mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I had talked to somebody about, that it, it literally could take double the amount of time. That's just like if you're in a, a, a marriage that you've been abused yeah. for, oh, yeah. for, for uh-huh. 25 years. Mm-hmm. If you get out of that relationship, it could almost take you an additional 25, 25 years, years That's to heal. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Therapists yeah. say that. You yeah. know? Yeah. So we're talking about 400 years of slavery, uh, what, 14 years of Reconstruction? I Another, don't know. I, don't I think, know. what, uh, then, 50 years of, uh, Jim, of Jim, Crow. Jim Crow? Yeah. yeah. And, now we're, and now we're in 2022, and we have, we're still talking about the inequities of housing, of development. Same of thing we're talking business. about the last 50 years. So the same thing, right? Because. because but you just said the stroke of a pen, though. You literally huh? just said. The stroke of a pen. The stroke of a pen. Because <laughs> the thing about it, though. <laughs> As when when slave when slaves were being slaves, the the the, the owners, they, they were, were business entre- owners. Yeah, they was entrepreneurs. They were, they, they were practicing commodity trading, as at that point. So the, mm-hmm. to my point, in saying this before before yeah, we wrap up, we wrap. Yeah. is <laughs> we've been behind the curve, yeah. even of, even to today as affluent as a pe- of a of a people that we are at, uh, in in certain certain aspects, still behind. Mm-hmm. It's still certain levels that we, that's that's not equitable, and the biggest component of that comes with housing and access to capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's it, and the education component. Yeah, you, you, we 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 can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't negate that. Like that right. has to be. That's the first thing. Yeah, because if you're not educated, then you can't even implement the other things. Right. You know. So, but we're gonna wrap, y'all. I did have another question for Jay. I really want to ask this question. Go ahead, ask her real quick. Okay. Ask her real quick. <laughs> go ahead. So, y'all, I, I have to ask this question because y'all gonna go research Jay Daniels. Because I'm telling y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all need to go research for real, for real. <laughs> but so, Jay, okay. So, because we know <laughs> all of these great things that you're doing and that you have done, and your experience and your education, you know, I want to know, you know, what are your plans for retirement? It's a good question, um, and I know you're young, so I know that I am young. Don't push, yeah. don't, don't, don't push me out the door <laughs> yet. She's already trying to retire me, man. Like, no, geez, I mean, this, not, you have somebody in the wheelchair for me to, to usher me out. Uh, I'm not ready to sit down yet, me. Um, but, 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 if I retire and when I do, okay. um, I'm really going to turn my, my my focus and attention to philanthropy. Okay. You know, there's time, talent, and resources. And so there are certain things that I'm passionate about mm-hmm. um, that, I, that I truly believe, you know, given the trajectory that we're on, you know, myself and my family. And obviously, you know, the relationships, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I've been able to, to, uh, to foster and, and curate, you know, in, in my life, I believe is really going to position me to, to really be influential in some spaces in which I'm passionate about. Wow. So what are some of those things you're passionate about? <laughs> obviously you don't have to say everything but just maybe obviously one. education yes right yes education yes. um you know making sure that every child has the same opportunity that i have had right wow yeah right i didn't get here by myself yeah right yeah right there there's family there's community 
there are friends, yeah. you know, you know, there, you know, there, there are educational institutions, you know, Morehouse. I mean, right. Beaumont made me, right? Yeah. But Morehouse molded me, yeah. right? Wow. Which means that you know, my, my family passed me off to the next institution, to mm-hmm. the next peer group and mm-hmm. construct, you know, to get me on to the next level. Wow. And so, and so I want to ensure that all the children, especially the families in which we serve every single day, right? Because those, those kids, they were me, right? You know, I was, I was having a conversation with my friend one time, and, 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 and people think we were rich just because I had a mom and daddy in the house. My daddy worked at the plant, and my mom was a teacher. So yeah. that made us rich in the neighborhood. Yeah. Right. You know, and I realized mm-hmm. uh, not until we got older that some of my friends didn't have the same resources that I had. Mm-hmm. But they were still my partners, right? right. You didn't know right. I didn't know yeah. any better, right? Yeah. Like, like we, we grow up together, play yeah. football together. It's like, my clothes are your clothes, yeah. right? We all riding home, and can yeah. I ride home with your mama? Can your mama <laughs> drop me off? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's community, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, so, and so what they showed is that, that, that we have an ability as a community to help each other, and I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. We forget that, that, that members of our community do not have the same access to yep. resources. Even yeah. if we live in the same Even if we live in the same neighborhood, live in the same area. My and, and I know we got a rap, but I but I can remember my football coach, uh, Mr. Hebert. Mm-hmm. Um he had his his son went went on to play football on different levels. But Mr. Hebert used to pick us up in his station wagon, gray station wagon, and pick up all the kids from their house, right? Hmm. Take them to practice and drop everybody off. And they lived this. All over the city. But Mr. Heber was the head football coach. He picked up all his players and dropped us all back off. That was community. That's philanthropy, right? Yeah. We talk about time, mm-hmm. talent, possessions, right? Right. 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 Now, he, we, he, got, now right. we got coaches that don't even wait until the kids get picked up and they go. I'm just right. saying. Right. No, that's I'm real. Just, no, just seriously. Saying, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, 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 so we talk about, you know, the next level of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to truly have the ability to, to, to give back what – the community has given important to me. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's deep. And we really do we we really do at at this at this time, you know, it's so much that's happening. We really do have to remember where we come from because when we remember where we come from, then we put value on things and we're able to value each other more yeah. because, you know, just like y'all said earlier, like we're really we're really living off the work that was done, that people bled, right. God gave their life on. And some of us, we don't even respect that, right. you know? And it's really time for us to go back to that. I really do feel that way because it's so much that's happening, you know, within our community every single day. And it affects us all. You Absolutely. know, it really does. So we're going to wrap, y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Jay, for being here. Thank you. We I really, appreciate really appreciate you for just dropping me. all this knowledge. Yes, <laughs> y'all, <for sure. laughs> These these black men, look, they gave y'all some. They gave y'all some real, real stuff today because I just sat over here. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for tuning in. Um, y'all already know how to find us at On Your Keys on Instagram and the Monopoly Boss on Instagram and the Vester Queen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Man, I thought we were way over. Man, we could have went, talked a little bit. Well, I was just listening. Y'all, I had chill bumps. The lady's about to have on at 3.30. We're doing it virtual. But she, 